Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello and uh, happy Tuesday. Uh, hope that you are happy, healthy, and safe wherever you are today. Another unseasonably warm February day, I guess, I guess is the best way to describe it. Uh, it it feels so good, but it feels so wrong because it means that our weather has shifted uh, a little bit more than, than maybe. I, look, I, I was thinking about uh, when I was young and uh, in particular, I want to say in like 1983 or 1984, I remember being like in February, February 60 degrees. And, I, and the reason I remember is because we got to go out for recess and we played kickball. And even at the age of 10 or whatever, 12, I was thinking, this feels wrong. But watching the kids out at the park today, um, you know, playing basketball, throwing the ball around on the field, I was like, you know what? This is kind of nice. So hope that you do enjoy some of the warm weather we have for the next few days. And don't forget, we are going to be in Kenosha at the Wyndham Hotel there in Kenosha. There's a comedy club um, that, that's there every Friday and Saturday. I recommend those shows all the time. This Thursday, we have a fundraiser at the Kenosha Comedy Club for Lorenzo Santos run, running for the first Congressional District of Wisconsin. We'd love to have you guys uh, join the sh- join the fundraiser. Uh, join us for a wonderful evening of comedy. I will be hosting, and uh, Dwayne Kennedy will be there, uh, regular here on this show, and of course Emmy Award winning writer producer of United Shades of America. And Dina Nina Martinez will be there. She is an alderwoman of uh, Madison uh, Madison City Hall. She is uh, the first trans uh, trans woman to have uh, that position in Madison. So we're excited to hear some of her great stories. Again, that's on Thursday at the Kenosha Comedy Club. The uh, doors will be, we're broadcasting live. So uh, the show will be live from Kenosha. We'll talk to some of the folks there. Of course, uh, Dwayne Kennedy will be riding shotgun for that show. And I'm excited to do it. I've been uh, trying to follow some of the stories today. Um, and we talked about this just in passing yesterday briefly about, uh, and I know that it's been discussed uh, moments throughout the day, the decision in Alabama. And it, this goes to the conversation that Joan was having with her guests about the insertion of uh, Christian fascist nationalism and the plans that Donald Trump has uh, if he, in fact, wins. And we'll get back to the conversation about how the media is uh, does seem to be helping um, in that uh, regards. I'm not tired, by the way. Was it the New York Times? I'm pacing myself. What the f- is burnout. No, you know what we're tired of? We're tired of intolerance and hatred and having Christo-fascist nationalism shoved down our throats. That part is exhausting. Fighting against that, fighting for freedoms, fighting for the autonomy of women and the inclusion of those who have been left out of the, the, the entire process of decisions and, and resources. Um, no, that, you know what? That doesn't make me tired. That actually seeing that there's burnout and that we're tired is making us all maybe, I, I, you know, I don't think using reverse psychology. Uh, it's not necessary. We don't need it, uh, but we're fine. Uh, we are uh, raring to go. And that is why, uh, again, you know, we have events like this comedy show coming up on Thursday. We can gather and talk about the things that are important and raise awareness about a campaign uh, for an individual who will do a good job and fight for our liberties and, and uh, do all those things. 
so let's uh, let's stay focused on the task at hand. Uh, but I was listening to the conversation throughout the day because one of the stories, and I mentioned this briefly yesterday, that it is uh, the Supreme Court of Alabama decided that embryos are people. I don't know if then embryos. So there are embryos that have been kept for decades. The oldest embryo that was um, birthed, I guess you would say, that was implanted in a uterus. Uh, the parents finally decided it was time for them to have kids. I haven't looked at as, as to how old they were when they decided to go through with the pregnancy. Uh, but in 2022, a 30-year-old embryo uh, was implanted, and that, that is the oldest known embryo. But technically, and apparently according to the experts, embryos could last 100 years. And these clinics across the country, the IVF clinics, uh, there, are, there are approximately, they believe, about one 1.5 million embryos that are being stored and saved for people who maybe for health reasons, for, na- for financial reasons. You know, what, you know what they're doing? They're choosing when to have a family. Just I want to put that out there. The reason they turn to IVF clinics is because they want to have some autonomy over their over planning their their families. They have the resources and some states do cover this through insurance. Uh, some women uh, say that they they want to save it for they want to save their eggs for a rainy day uh you know what i'm not gonna do any jokes <laughs> i don't know what kind of rain you're looking for but and i don't want to diminish the needs uh that people have for ivf clinics because it, by the way if my laughing at it makes you upset and you're like i had to turn to ivf well guess what the supreme court of alabama is now going to make it harder for people to actually have access to ivf clinics because now they're going to be on the hook let's say there's an uh, a power outage. They could be held on the hook for involuntary involuntary manslaughter. In their ruling, the Supreme, the justice who wrote the, the decision, included references to the Bible, how uh, life is in the image of man. These are cells. They have the potential to be life, but they are cells, and they're about they're on average about six days old. They were able to uh, in the 1970s get to the point where they had this science, the technology, the ability to do this. And people have been using access to IVF treatments since then. And I, and I didn't realize that this was something that Republicans were also coming for. And so we should be aware of every single time they insert their religion and their authority over our lives. Uh, this is – and the – uh, issue too is that there are a lot of there. There is an impossibility in some of these cases of those embryos ever being implanted and being given. The, you know the path to becoming a person. They are not. They're not a person. I. I don't. And this is the the. Uh, the I guess the question, the philosophical question my husband reminded me of, if there was a fertility clinic on fire, there's a building where there's a fertility clinic and there's 100,000 embryos at risk in one of the rooms and there is a baby in another room where you can only, this is when I hate these uh, either, or you only, you can only choose one. Do you save the baby or do you save 100,000 embryos? Uh, that's... That's it. And that answers your question as to whether or not a baby is a person or if a frozen vial of cells is a person. And believe me, I know to those families that are devastated that, they're, that it did not work. But here's the thing. It also might not work if you are implanted. Having your embryos frozen doesn't necessarily 
assure that you are going to have a baby ever. It may not work. In the same way women have miscarriages, uh, the, the implantation does not work. There's some anything along the way. Give, giving birth is always a risk, primarily to the woman. That's end of story. Okay, that's where I stand on that. I just I'm so angry about this one. 1.5 million embryos now uh, in the country, and places like Alabama, and I'm, I'm guessing now there will be other families because this was uh, there was another case a couple years ago that didn't go very far, but now this will ignite more cases where uh, the uh, temperatures in some of these clinics have dropped and and risked and or lost the embryos. Um, and again, I know that it's devastating to not be able to have a child is. It, it, I, I can't imagine. I, I It took me three years to get pregnant, two years to get pregnant. I I very much wanted to have a baby. Actually, was it three? It was almost three years. Um, and, you know, no one wants to be told, well, you can adopt. I, and I, I get that. And yet that is also the choice. If, you're, if your instinct, if your need is to become a parent, uh, yes, technology can help you. And so can adopting. And the conservatives, these Christian fascists, want to control every avenue of reproduction. So it's not just if it was just about abortion being murder, then they would they wouldn't be trying to cut us off from birth control, from uh, from sex education in general, just to understand our bodies, reading about it in literature. And now embryos are people. I mean, and so like I said, some of these have been there for decades. Uh, will people who um, donated or you know, gave those cells that egg. So if you're not familiar with the, the treatment, uh, a woman has to be uh, treated with uh, hormone injections in order to accelerate uh, and make it easier to extract eggs. And there have been patients who are have about, you know, a couple to dozens. There are some women who have 30 to 40 eggs so that they would have the opportunity in case the first few don't work out, they can take their pick. That's how disposable those those parents felt about it then uh, and i and again I, you know knowing that you've lost the opportunity to pass along your genetic material it, it, that sounds like something that you know yay that you were able to do it that's incredible uh, but to sue f- and and then hold someone tr- accountable for murder that's what they want they want to be able to for wrongful death come on do, do then people who've left their embryos at these clinics, uh, will they be charged with uh, not uh, visiting their embryos? Like and, and, oh, that was the other thing I found out. A lot of people just stop paying for storage. They stop paying for, that's how much they care. It, you know what? It gets expensive. It is 500 to $1,000 for storage. For, by the way, for storage. I, I didn't get to store my toddlers when my boys were little. It's, just, it's absolutely because I, I don't know where this will. I don't know if this is something that's going to go to the Supreme Court, but it, it just makes me the most the most angering part is their insertion of religion in their decision. It does not belong there. It does go against the fundamentals. If we're going to talk about the founding fathers and all these originalists, show me where it says you can insert 
God into your decisions? Because my understanding was that was the entire point was a separation of church and state. That's my understanding. 773-763-9278. That's the number to call and join our conversation. 773-763-9278. You can also text, by the way. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you to our sponsors. Minocqua Brewing Company. Go to the Patty Vasquez show page on Facebook and you'll find out all the great locations where you can pick up a progressive brew or choice seltzer. Maybe some woke coffee. Plus, if you go to the website, Minocqua Brewing Company. You can pick up a woke coffee mug now and a bunch of other great uh, T-shirts, hats, uh, some great merchandise with uh, a lot of inspirational uh, liberal messages and progressive messages. And uh, follow Kirk Bankstead on Instagram and on Facebook as well because he's always got some great uh, responses to his haters. We want to thank Warren Price at European U.S. Collision Center over at 4080 North Broadway. Go to EuropeanUS.com to find out more about the great work that they do for your car. Over at European U.S. Collision Center, a division of Technocraft. We also want to thank our friends at Kids Above All. Uh, we have a comedy show, Stand Up for Kids, coming up on June 6th. I'm telling you now, because I usually am really bad at promoting these shows. So I don't want you to tell me I never told you. It is February 20th, and I'm telling you about Janu- about June 6th. Put it on your calendar. Uh, details to come, but put down Stand Up for Kids, uh, and I'll be hosting that show. And thank you so much to our friends at Kids Above All. More after this on WCPT 820. Heartland Signal. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. I swear it came in all butterflies and Disney songs in my heart because it was so beautiful outside. And then I started thinking about this Alabama Supreme Court case and, of course, uh, what's going on in uh, the plans ahead of 2025 today. There was news that uh, Donald Trump and all of his uh, Steve Bannon types are uh, planning the uh, insertion of Christo-nationalism in the basically foundation of our country. They want to inject it into all aspects of our lives. And, you know, I, I used to – Jim, I can't – you know, we're not spring chickens, neither one of us. Uh, I just never in my life did I think we would be in this position. How about you, Jim? Anyway, Patty, all, it's all politically, it's all politically motivated. Yeah. It's done to do. It's done to motivate the uh, voters in the primaries to get their politicians in a position to win, and it's it's a political motivation. I mean, I'm just reading the Victorian age from 1875 to 2000, and one third of the pregnancies ended in abortion. Yeah, they still it was do. Ten dollars for an yeah, but it was ten dollars for an abortion, and what was interesting there was it was that was the most dramatic thing a woman could happen to a woman because I don't know what the percentage of how many died in birth, how many stillborns, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there was no. No political party picked that up as a mantle. No. As a mantle. It, it was just completely, it was just, it was a course of nature. And it, what I believe is, I believe in God. And I believe in God that he made us. And I believe in God can save embryos. And I believe he can save aborted babies. And I can believe he can save any uh, anything on this earth. So as far as dictating that as a policy, as a political policy or political uh, wedge to make us a Christian nation is insane because yeah. they've been trained since the uh, you know the, the 1700s. They you know we want a Christian nation. We want a Christian nation. Well, if you want a Christian nation, 
thought it was, but there isn't any. <laughs> I mean, there is none. There is, there's never been a Christian nation. There never will be a Christian nation because you know and I know that we. you've worked hard enough in all kinds of jobs, and I've worked in all kinds of jobs. I work with every kind of people. I don't, uh, if they run out of gas, I don't ask them, do you leave in gas? <laughs> I won't help you with the gas. or You know what I mean? I, I don't care about that. You're there. I'm here, and if I can give you a hand, I'll give you a hand. I don't care what you believe. That has nothing to do with me. What I personally believe is what I personally believe. I can't, but I'm not going to impart that to somebody out of, where I'm going to use it as a wedge over there. Uh, you know, you know what you, you were mentioning. You don't know what changed, and I—it's funny because I was doing research this morning. I'm trying to work on uh, the caregiver crisis that we have, not just in the state of Illinois, but across the country, and how insurance plays a role in that. And of course, I pulled the thread of the history of, you know, health insurance in our country and how we pay, you know, between like three to five hundred times more what they pay in other countries, and you know, the biggest purchasers are employers and employees. You know, we, we account for more than 65% of and the government, you know, pays through Medicare, Medicaid, and then there are people that are unemployed. But the, you know, there was a moment after Roosevelt, because Roosevelt wanted to have basically what they were doing in Germany for healthcare, which was having, you know, have it all uh, run uh, one system of healthcare. And it was the American Medical Association, right, that thwarted that, that did not want there to be basically an open marketplace. So guess who else was instrumental? in drawing attention to abortion because at the time it was something that was it was very quiet it was legal it was a reality it was the American Medical Association because it was a, a cottage industry of women primarily who were helping women whether with in birth or giving them access to the, the tools to you know to start an abortion it was the American Medical Association want American Medical Association want to control over that that area because they they didn't include women or black people for membership yep they wanted exactly. to be gatekeepers. Think yep. of, well, think about it. If you're a doctor and it's $10 for an abortion and $20 for a birth. So you get together with your doctor and say, well, what's, we, we know people got to die. We know they got to be born. So there's got to be money in there. There's got to be a money-making scheme in there somewhere. Yep. And let's get the 20 bucks. Because it was midwives for said to the year 1900. Midwives delivered midwife sisters and mothers and, right. you know. They delivered all the babies, but but the profit motive is what yeah. drove that, and and our and the equities the trying to grab equity out of our healthcare system. That's what's destroying our healthcare system in these hospitals. You see these private equity uh, firms taking over these hospitals, and yep. uh, the, the the quality goes down, everything goes down. But the Germans had that in nineteen. Uh, uh, I think George uh, Lloyd. Uh, the minister of England was in Germany. So what, what do we have there? He goes, well, I got a pension and I got the health care program. And that was 1914 or before World War One. So he came back to England and, and tried to introduce it there. Right. Because, uh, you know, it made sense. It just right. makes sense as human beings. As human is, beings. But this is, a, yeah, I'm sorry. It, it, no, it's the, it is the, you're right. It's the oldest uh, national social health insurance system going back to Otto von Bismarck in 1883. They had a health insurance bill right. all the way back to then. Yep. Exactly. And then Lloyd George found it there, and he said, well, I'll bring it back to England. And Roosevelt worked on it. Even in Nixon's credit, he actually worked yes. on the National Health Program. And uh, it's just the most it's difficult because the big money, it's like with guns or anything, yeah. we know, and you know yeah, look, that the big money. Yeah, the more people that are sick, the, the more people that are sick and need to be treated, 
the more the healthcare industry makes makes a profit makes a profit the sicker we are there is no incentive for them to help, to do anything that is proactive for us to lead, you know to eliminate things like you know do our best to eliminate things like diabetes and heart conditions you know working on our, and that and that seeps into our public health uh, system and weakens us when it comes to something like a pandemic that we experienced so we we have to vote for Joe Biden because Joe Biden in my opinion has uh, done wonders with the Affordable Care Act, and I think they can tune it up. And the Democrats will work on it and tune it up. And the Republicans used to argue with me. They say, well, they'll never get national health insurance because they got Social Security and they got Medicaid and they, you know, they got so many good programs for the American citizen that the Republicans will never give up that ground. And, and, and Obama had to give up all of his political capital to get that. That wasn't an easy trick for Obama to get uh, the Affordable Care Act passed. Yep. Because the Republicans were against it. You know, and even Trump to this day is against it. He'd rather see people pay through the nose everything they do, but especially our health care, because we all, we're all got to get sick and die and so on and so forth. So there, there's always uh, money in them there, Hills. But anyway, Patty, I agree with you. But this, it's a political scheme, and I just think we're going to win this election, and I just I can't wait till, uh, till whatever it is, November 5th. Yes. I'm like an Alcatraz. And if you're a Republican, apparently uh, Trump wants you to vote on November 27th. He was giving out the wrong date at an alley. So, at a rally. I'm all for him. <laughs> That's when they just start, start mailing your vote around November 12th. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Right, Thanks, Jim. Take, take care. care. Take Thank care, you. sweetheart. Bye-bye. Thanks. And it's Dynamo Dave from Duluth. Minnesota. Hey, Dynamo Dave, how you doing? Hey, three P's, persistent, perceptive patty. I like it. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Thank my you. friend? It's a beautiful I'm sunny day in Chicago. Excellent. Yeah, well, we got 40s here in Duluth. Unbelievable in February. Um, yeah, feels good. Hey, by the way. Yeah, wrong. so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a good thing in no. February, obviously. Yeah. Um, We'll take it, right? Anyway, um, uh, I was going to say, you know, the, well, first of all, I was going to say, you know, ELL, they had that song, Don't Bring Me Down. Bruce, it should be, in your case, Don't Bring Me Down, Alabama Supreme Court. Uh, anyway, remember that song? I don't. I'm sorry. What was Never that? Mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a song by ELL, well, before you were born, as it came out in 79, 80. Yellow, don't bring me down. Oh, yes. Okay, yes, I do know that song. Yes. Bruce. Okay. Yeah, anyway, I was just trying to make a joke about you you were brought down by Alabama. So angry about that. that. (laughs) But uh, uh, so, um, you know, they they are on a slippery slope, right? I mean, you got uh, in the Bible, Genesis, Onanism, where Onan had to. Did uh, 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 quite interrupt this in order and spilled the seed in order not to impregnate his brother's wife. And uh, are they going to make, well, a couple different things illegal? Are they going to turn around and make condoms illegal? Because that's, you know, God's creation as far as sperm goes. And, uh, or in that's quite a separate going to be illegal. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. To eggs and, and sperm. I mean, where are they going to quit? Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of guys needing to clipping the socks off their bedroom floors and answering for something is all I'm saying. Too much? Say <laughs> 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 they're spilling their anyway. seed. Isn't that, isn't that in the Bible that a man should not spill his seed? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes. Stop spilling your seed, boys. Yep. Yeah. We can't. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. We're going to come down. They're going to have some sort of secret police come after uh, young men. Hey, we and, we can't get pregnant on our own. For that matter. Stop, you know, like that. Like one of the some of these women are saying, they're looking for a rainy day. Stop raining, boys. Stop raining. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the, oh, hey, I want to. If I could change the subject just slightly, here's a little for you. You can ask one of your esteemed guests. But it, why is it that the uh, uh, Republicans, or, uh, the police, most police uh, unions and stuff, they back. Back Republican candidates. At least that's what happens here in Minnesota, where I live. And I thought, wait a minute, we got like we heard about what happened in Burnsville to uh, police officers and a first responder emergency tech got killed by a guy with ARs, you know. And they should be. You think they would be for the party or those who are trying to. Uh, do something about this excess of guns in our society. I I think that I, and look, I'm not I'm, because I I grew up with a lot of uh, with a lot of friends and relatives who are Republicans and first responders, and there. I mean, I think part of it is you would think that they would vote for the party that supports unions more, right? Which would be Democrats. We're we're union strong, um, but there is an idea of also there's there's an even more us against them sort of mentality that and and that sounds too black and white, which I think is another element to it, maybe. But, you know, there is like, a, you know, they, they want to lock arms and, and support each other. And Republican messages, I think, resonate more with them than Democratic messaging does. And I think that we we did we don't do ourselves as Democrats the best service of, of always being against cops and not allowing for the conversation to be that like look if you, we know that there are a few bad apples we also need the cops to go we need to get rid of the bad apples we know that it's not all cops I support law enforcement I have I, I always talk about my when I was running for office the progressives were like oh you better get rid of all those photos you have with cops I'm like why they do a job that most of us can't or won't do politics aside. I know that for a fact. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they do. I mean, like you said, there's only a few bad apples out there, but they, of course, make it really bad. But, yeah, you, you, there's always two sides to every story. Why are, why would a Democrats be opposed to policing? If you don't know I mean to that degree, like you care to a political issue, you know, when you're running for office because you could make it look bad. I think our language. uh, Well, I think there are times when our language doesn't help us. uh, And and I look. I I'm I I like Brandon Johnson, uh, and I'm glad that he is the mayor, and I have a lot of high hopes for him. When there is violence and videos of people being attacked and reports of it, saying you know, I think that there needs to be a step back and include the the role of the of law enforcement and the role of our communities to make sure those kids have things to do. We can do both. We can both say Mm -hmm. kids need outlets they need support they shouldn't be you know causing violence harming uh, individuals attacking people law enforcement needs the support that they need it's a whole big picture but oh you know mm-hmm. it, it, we, we tend to trip on ourselves once in a while i think when it comes to those conversations um and i i don't, I don't know when we, where we find the right path back to supporting law enforcement because they definitely law and order is definitely the republican message and you know we believe and yet they do the opposite of that you know what i mean so they they certainly right. aren't uh, the law and order party in essence. Right. When you look at what's yeah. happening with the guy that's leading their party, you know. Exactly. 
Uh, exactly. Are you, are you going to continue to support this guy who has got 91 indictments against him? Yeah, hey, he's on. He's it's unfair. Be, it's un, It's not fair. Okay, so for him, it's not fair, but yeah. for other people, it's uh, they get what they deserve. I've got to run to the break, my friend. Thank you for yeah, calling, Dave. You. Take thank care. You. Of course, let's take a break here. Uh, when we come back, we have oh, we have a great local production to tell you about. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk to our friends uh, who are doing. Let's see, I, I've probably on this um, this year's production of Damn Yankees. It's coming up uh, opening on March. First, let's take a break here and meet some of the performers and the director of Damn Yankees. Going to be at the Gaslight Players and Displays and uh, at the Stevens Church. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. I don't like the bad words in this song. They're blasphemous. I can't sing along. Well, here's a version just for you. Sing with me. Just like Jesus would do. And vote! Gosh darn it! Oh, gosh darn Please it. vote! Gosh darn it! Oh, gosh darn it's the American it. thing to vote! Gosh oh, darn it! Gosh darn it! See that you vote! Gosh darn it! Ah, it. Of, uh, Steve Goody's uh, Vote Gosh Darn It, uh, the cleaner version of his song. You can go to stevegoody.com. That's G-O-O-D-I-E. And of course, every Monday night, you can catch Steve Goody, Bradley Tassel, and me as part of the virtual comedy show. That's every Monday night at 9 p.m. Central. And uh, look, I've talked about how we need to pace ourselves in, in this very long election year. And some of that is going for a walk in the woods or meditating. And it's also listening to some good music, uh, reading a book, watching a TV show, and going to live theater, comedy shows. I'm thrilled to welcome some of the cast members and director of Damn Yankees. It will be uh, opening on March 1st at St. Stephen's Church in Des Plaines. You can go to MaryMotherOfMartyrs.com for ticket information. And joining me in studio are Tim Vanna, the co-director, Charlie Vanna playing Rocky, Joan Mattingly playing Meg Boyd, and Jeff Bloom playing Van Buren. So let me start with Tim, uh, the uh, co-director. Hey, Tim, how you doing? Just fine. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. So uh, uh, tell me a little bit about this theater group that you all have there at the, in displays. Well, uh, we started about 1980, uh, Gaslight Players, under the, uh, the direction of Joy Joseph, who was a, par- a parishioner uh, for a lo- many, many years at St. Stephen's Parish, which has since been merged, and that's why we have the name Mary, Mother of Martyrs. And um, we, she started doing variety shows back then, and uh, I was involved mostly as a musician. Uh, I've done everything to be in the pit, be, being an actor, uh, and the last couple of shows I've been the director. So Wow. I had, I've had no idea. I mean, this is really – I was talking to some folks in the community. We've, we've been talking about grassroots local theater, and uh, I love that this is just a stone's throw away. Displays is a great community to go see live productions. And and again, and you've kept the tradition of, of keeping it in the church. Have you ever had per- performances that were outside of the church, or they've always been there? Uh, not with gaslight players. No, no, no. never been anywhere else. Excellent. No, That's kind of cool. Yeah, yep. keep it keeping it right there where the origins of it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And have you? So what else have you done? I mean, you mentioned before before we came on the air that you're you're you and uh, Charlie are, are brothers. That's yep. correct. And your All dad, lives. your whole life, and your dad owned a cab company. That's right. Uh, was Park Ridge Cab? No, who no, it was? Community no. Cab Company. Community cab. Okay. Is there still a community cab company? 
Uh, I I don't think so. The person we sold it to, I think, is out of business. Oh, man. Uh, Uber kind of wiped us all out. I was going to say, my dad passed away before Uber and Lyft came along. That's Charlie, by the way. It's Tim and Charlie, uh, who are brothers. And we'll talk to Charlie as well, both of you, uh, about this production. But maybe I should do the the cabbie stuff some other time. So So you both grew up in Des Plaines? Yes, And and were you, before this theater group came to to life, was this something you were interested in doing, local theater and music? Well, I've been performing at St. Stephen's since I was 11 years old. Okay. So I've lived a, lived in one place my whole life, and right. as has Charlie. And, uh, and I've been in the, our choir for 55 years. So, uh, you know, the, the plays were just sort of a natural extension of that. Nice. Yeah. yeah it, sounds like, it sounds like it's a nice way to stay in, in, in contact with the community, too. Yes. Do yes. you also still live in Des Plaines? Yes, I still live in Des Plaines. And, um, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, eight out of the ten kids in our family at one time lived within two miles of each other. <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing? That was good. It's a good thing. We yeah. had a very yeah. good, close, tight-knit family. Yeah, always yeah. there for each other. It must be nice. And yeah. what's the process to choose a play when you're, when you're starting up production? Well, you know... Um, the process is, first of all, to decide, okay, we look at our group that we have, uh, what play would fit them, and, um, you know, then we kind of have to start looking through, and we kind of ask people, hey, what would you like to do this year, okay. you know, and um, we kind of take that and put it together, and then when you uh, finally choose on a play that you're going to do, you have to reach out to the um company like MTI uh, right, the things owners like of the that, rights of the play uh, to the rights yep. of the play and then you have to make sure that the play is available right because if there's a, another the one distance, playing yeah. within our within a hundred mile circumference of your area that's um, and it's and you're talking about a bigger show. Have you ever had your hopes up for a production? And almost all? last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Almost. What yeah. was last year's production? Last year was Guys and Dolls. Oh, it's a good right. so, <laughs> that's a good one. I mean, like church churches and schools and sure. stuff can do the shows and have many of them at one time. But if a bigger production company is doing it, that's paying mm-hmm. the full price for their production rights. Sure. That's when you can't go within the 100 mile radius okay. unless you get special permission from. And them. we did not get the okay to actually do Guys and dolls until the day before we started rehearsals. Oh, I was going to say, I, yeah. I would hate to hear that you like started rehearsals and you're like, I hope this works out. I have waited two years to do that role, so I was oh, no. desperate to do it. <laughs> that's that's Jeff Blowman. That's he, Jeff, he, he, yep. did, he did Nathan Detroit last oh, year. Oh, how fun. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. And Joan, how long have you been a part of this group? I'm not sure. Maybe Seven, eight years? Yeah, okay. something like years. that. And how'd you, uh, find the, how'd you find this little theater? Had you known about it before and finally were like, I actually, gotta get a part? somebody suggested I, I come over and audition, and so that's, that's nice. how I, I opened the door. Gotcha. Um, and, and how have you, how have you found it? You know, pretend like they're not here. Have you enjoyed working with these guys? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's a great team to work and, with. And uh, so have you been in and last year I wore a purple suit. I was a guy. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. I love how much that's changed. I mean, it, it's changed so much as it's gone back a little bit too, where the, the gender, it's like you play the roles, whoever does a, the good job. And I love that. Are you, is your background in theater? Um, from the time I was very young, <laughs> yeah. I was singing. I was singing forever. I was okay. a cantor at our parish for 35 years. <laughs> um, I, uh, From the time I was in fourth grade, I've been doing shows or, you know, performances whenever I could. In seventh grade, I was uh, Cinderella. 
and uh, I went to an all-girls school, so my prince was... Uh, was a girl <laughs> in eighth grade, and sure. she ended up being a Carmelite nun. So I figured, oh boy. I must have done something. Because she kissed a girl? What happened? Uh, she didn't kiss. She was, was in She was atoning? Oh. No, but, uh, I guarantee you, if it had been a boy, they would have let you kiss. I'm just then, not for nothing. Oh, I don't, oh, I don't so. know. This you was a long time ago. That's fair. You're, you're right. But, uh, no, in high school, I... Went to various high schools in the area uh-huh. and, and performed uh, at, at various places. And uh-huh. in college, I went to an all-girls college, so it was difficult to compete against the uh, the girls there for roles on campus. I went to Barra and Lake Forest, okay, and which has since closed. But uh, the tech director at the college suggested I start community theater. So I was the girl in Fantastics in Waukegan. I played uh, at Rhymers of Eldritch and Deerfield Stagers. I was in the Heiress and uh, Moraine Players. So I, I got around. My favorite role was uh, Old Town Players. Um, it was uh, an original musical based on the importance of being earnest. It was called oh, Jack Be Nimble. Nice. And I was Cecily Cardew. Okay. It ran for nine weeks, was double cast. Then they extended it nine weeks, and I got to play Cecily all the second nine nice. weeks because... My counterpart couldn't couldn't stick it out. Like, <laughs> That's so, fantastic. Yeah. And, that, and now you're part. You've been a part of this group for seven yeah. or eight years. That's yeah. lovely. Yeah. Yeah. What has been your favorite role in this uh, with this group? I'm actually liking this one. This one. Oh, this one. <laughs> I didn't fun. know anything about the show. And, uh, you know what's funny about that? I'm gonna talk about that in a minute too. And, you're and, playing uh, Meg Boyd. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But I'm. That's, I'm that's wonderful. It. And how about you, Jeff? I've been with them probably what. Eight years, I started, okay. uh, they were looking for a Frank Butler for Annie Get Your Gun. Okay. So I went in and I auditioned, and I remember, I think I sang like maybe five measures, and Tim said, well, that's good enough for me. <laughs> and then I've just been, I, you know, I've been, I've been, I consider myself probably an old timer now. That's great. I'd and say that's right. Yeah. Is it always musical theater? Uh, yes. Oh, I will never be at one of your auditions. <laughs> I uh, When I was in grade school, I loved to sing. I just don't sing well. And I used to be in the choir at my church at, Saint, uh, at Our Savior Lutheran. And uh, one of the parents, because we were in the choir loft, came when we came down, she goes, you know, Patty, uh, louder doesn't mean better. <laughs> so that was that for my singing career. <laughs> How have you liked uh, doing the, working on this production, Jeff? First of all, they are... Uh they are a great group to work with, and I, that, I think that's the reason I come back every year. And they're so fun. Aww. And, you know, they do a great—if it's okay, they do a great setup. They set it like a cabaret. Oh, so wonderful. in the yeah. gym, it's set up with tables and chairs, and there's food and uh, drinks in the back. Sure, that's so fantastic. they do it. They do a great job. I love it. I love it. We are talking to uh, the, the co-director and the cast of uh, some of the cast of Damn Yankees opening on March 1st. And that's going to be running March 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 3rd, 8th, and 9th at St. Stephen's Church and Displays. Visit MaryMotherOfMartyrs.com or you can call. There's a number if you want to call for tickets. 847 824 2026. If you want me to say that again, it's 847 824 2026 for tickets. We'll take a break here and come back and continue our conversation with Tim, Charlie, Joan, and Jeff on WCPTA 20 Heartland Signal. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are 
in studio. Oh, I, I came in loud there, everybody. Uh, we are in studio with the cast and the co-director of the production of Damn Yankees, running March 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 8th, and 9th at St. Stephen's Church in Displays. Right now, callers 2 and 4. Let's make it 2 and 4 for free tickets. I've got, I've got two pairs of tickets to see Damn Yankees. And you can go to mother, MaryMotherOfMartyrs.com to uh, buy tickets. But I have two pair to give away right now. 773-763-9278. Give us a call. And you've got a pair of tickets to see Damn Yankees. Now, here's a, here's a, uh, now I love baseball. I kind of like musicals, so uh, which uh, that sounds terrible. Okay, here's my problem. Uh, it's the bursting out the song thing. <laughs> it's, that's why I, I'm just like. Also, I can't sing. But I, every time I see a musical, I love it. Does that make sense? Do yeah, you know people sure. like me? They're like, ah, it's a musical. Yeah. And then we see it, we're like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> he had it coming. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's just how I am. So I have never seen Damn Yankees, and I feel really stupid about that because I love baseball, and it's such a big hit. It's award winning, isn't it, Charlie? Sure, won, won a couple of yeah. Tonys, couple uh, two, well, three, Tim. many yeah. Tonys yeah. actually. But uh, so it was first produced in 1955. Mm-hmm. And then the movie came out in '58, um, but it, yeah, it it, uh, it is based. It is called a Faustian tale because any any tale that in, involves uh, bartering your soul to the devil in exchange for whatever is a reference to the to the Faust play uh, by the German. Um, author Goethe or get however Is it you pronounce Goethe? it. Goethe. <laughs> Thank you. G O E T H E. Okay, okay. Goethe. Thank you. Uh, Goethe. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in the in the years following World War Two, uh, between forty six and sixty five, in those nineteen years, the New York Yankees won the American League pennant. 15 times. Wow. So if you want, if you were in the America, that was great for if you were a New York fan, but if if you wanted to get anywhere in the American League, you had to get past those we, damn Yankees. Or buy Babe Ruth. That was Well, past, amongst others, but yeah. That was, was Mickey Mantle of, at yeah, that, that time. That was, was it Mickey Mantle? Of DiMaggio. Which, what years? So, di- right. 46 to 65. Okay, sorry. So that was DiMaggio through Mickey Mantle. And, uh, we had to meet uh, Cleet Boyer of mm-hmm. And a, uh, I don't, he wasn't like a big star, but he was a part of that Yankees team, I believe. Okay. That's uh, why the 1959 White Sox were so revered, because not just because they won the pennant, but because they beat that team, mm-hmm. you know, who was so dominant. And then they didn't do what? <laughs> they lost the series of six games to the Dodgers. I'm not laughing at the Sox fans. Sorry, everybody. Of course, now they want to be downtown. It'll be harder to hate Southsiders. They don't even have the park anymore. Uh, I don't hate Southsiders. I tease. Uh, but yeah, that's, I've never, I've never seen the play, and I, I want to. This is the one I want to see. Then this is the way to see it. Rather than seeing the movie, come see it live at uh, at Saint uh, at Saint Stephen's Church in, in Des Plaines. There's so many words in front of me. See, you see how many screens I have? Yes. Can you see how easily distracted? I mean, like, just right now, there's six screens in front of me and then a piece of paper. <laughs> By the way, we still have a pair of tickets to give away, 773-763-9278, to win a pair of tickets to see Damn Yankees running March 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 8th, and 9th. Are any of these uh, matinees? Uh, the the Sunday, the th- Sunday the 3rd is Sunday. at 3 o'clock. Excellent, because yes. uh, you mean some of us, just, you know, gets yeah. dark out, we're like, I'm sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> and about Damn Yankees. Once you hear it, you're going to know a lot of the songs. Like, you're going to know whatever Lola wants. Whatever Lola, Lola, Lola Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. you got to have heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. How have yeah. I never seen you this play? Have heart. All you really need is heart. Yeah. yeah. So you'll, once you hear it, yeah. 
You're going to know that all of us. You're going to know the song. It's going to, I'm going to bug my family with it, aren't I? Yeah. 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 Again, again, like I said, once I see a musical, I have to. I basically have to be dragged kicking and screaming, and then I'm like, you know, uh, I'm not going to miss my shot. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, we would love to have you come out. Absolutely. So oh yeah. You let can us know if you come, and you're our guest. Absolutely. So. I would love to come on out. So I think we have uh, if we have a winner on the line, and uh, yeah, so we have a pair of tickets to give away seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. Come out and see this great production of Damn Yankees uh, with. And you go to marymotherofmartyrs.com. Uh, I, I love uh, all the, the enthusiasm you guys have for this production. How long have you been rehearsing, Joan? We started in January, yeah. right, right after, after New Year's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. And how's the, how have the rehearsal process how's it been going? <laughs> well, okay, well, you're talking to somebody who knows nothing about baseball. Okay. So <laughs> trying to get the baseball lingo. Okay. And the motions. And the motions and all that. So it's, wait, wait, it's, it's what what I, Was he a first base coach? What's he got to tell him about? He was the manager. He was the manager. I'm the right. manager. But, I, you know, whatever we do, we're, we're always having fun. And we're always, right. you know, we we support each other. We it's. I think that's but what makes this group Jeff fun. Is, Jeff is really being way too modest because he's actually, as he always does with his characters, he always develops them well. Yeah. And he studies hard. And uh, although a lot of this does not come naturally to him, he's about 90% there, which is where we want. That's where we want him now. We want him to peak for in, in you know, uh, on the 1st of March for opening there night. He'll peak because be that's what, what he would, does. What have you used for your research? <laughs> I actually watched the movie, and then I've asked Charlie and our another person in the cast, you know, help me with these baseball lingos. Did you watch? I'm, you didn't watch sixty one? No, but I have watched. No, I've done. You know, I've done a League of Their Own. And, uh, <laughs> that doesn't really help. No, it's one, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So, I'm friends uh, with the. Oh, now I forget her name, but the the woman that uh, John Lovitz doesn't want to take because she's not oh, pretty yeah, yeah. enough. Mm. She's she's from Chicago well, originally. Yes, I know. Say, yeah, so, her name's Meg or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, she's very cool. Um, that's a great so, movie. They've, you know, I mean, I, I got it, and I, it's, yeah, it's, and we're just, they're, they're it's just, just fun. It's, yes, exactly. You know, I, I do it because I love, I love the group. So no matter what show they do, I'll always. Wait a minute, Joan, you're an architect too. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right, do you? I, we have, I, we, have, we have I'm Mickey. actually not practicing right now, but I, I have kept my license. My husband and I had a practice for thirty five, forty. And you years. raised twelve kids. Yes. <laughs> okay. Over, and now you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and go back to the musical theater and uh, play Meg Boyd. Okay, fine. And well, how, have you like play, how have you like playing Rocky? Uh, it's been fun, Charlie. Yep. Uh, for me, it's not hard. Um, I have a more of an athletic bath background. Um, so, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I like doing it. Um, and f- doing these shows, you know, once I was done playing competitive hockey or baseball, uh, um this was something that helped me keep my competitive edge yeah, going. Yeah, well, and also, I mean, there's a camaraderie. There's something yeah. unique about it. I, my son is doing theater, uh, not as a theater department, but at UChicago. We just saw Richard III. And back to oh, the gender oh, yeah, thing, yeah. he played Lady Anne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was just, it was incredible. And that, that you, those are memories that you'll take. And those, just, that not just what you bring to the audience, but what you bring right. together. So yeah. you must have so much fun directing these plays, too. Is, yeah, I, I pretty much try to know my material before I start so that, uh, and they have to be careful 
told. No, notice how Jeff said he asks other people because he said he knows if he asks me, he'll get a, a ten-minute dissertation. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> and, and there's other, like our other family members. Uh, yeah, actually, my uh, sisters, uh-huh. uh, Libby and Ellen. Um, Libby, up until a few years ago, she did a lot of the direction of, of the show for the last uh, several years, but uh, she's moved on to Iowa. But my sister Ellen, she's doing the uh, choreography. Oh, nice. Uh, but Ellen and Libby both owned a dance studio, and so they were they have they have been there since the beginning of the nice. shows. They did the, the choreography for Joy when it started. And it looks as though we've given away our tickets, so I'll, I'll find out those names and let you know on the air, and uh, I have, we'll send those out. So Excellent. thank you for that. And I, awesome. I look forward to seeing it as well. Again, it's Damn Yankees, uh, March the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 8th, and 9th at St. Stephen's Church in Des Plaines. Go to marymotherofmartyrs.com or call this number, 847 824 2026 for tickets. And I want to thank Tim, Charlie, Joan, and Jeff for joining us in the studio. Uh, wish you the best of luck for opening night. Break a leg. Thank or you. as my mother says, go break your legs. <laughs> <laughs> Have a wonderful time, you guys. Thank you for joining thank us. Keep us up to date uh, on your productions because sure. I love I love knowing sure. what's going on in our neighborhood. So Thanks. thank you so much, Great. you guys. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to and politicians getting caught grabbing asses. She's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. And I want to congratulate our congratulate our winners of the damn Yankees tickets with Mary and and Roxaliana. Roxy Roxiana, maybe? I, I, I'm terrible at reading right now. Uh, we're going to have uh, Tennessee Brando on in a minute, Andy. Do we have it? If you don't have his... Oh, I think we're calling him right now. Tennessee Brando, of course, uh, an incredible commentator on all things politics out of uh, Tennessee, of all places. And he has written a new song. Hey, Tennessee. How you doing, Tennessee Brando? How's it going? I'm doing I'm doing good, Patty. How are you? Uh, well, you know, I have my days. Uh, you know, when uh, you wake up in the morning and you hear that there's not just we hear these rumblings about Christian fascism being injected into the into the uh, very foundation of our country, and then that's on the heels of Nazis uh, marching in Nashville. It's it's a, it's a crazy time. I don't know what's happening. It really is. I don't know either. I'm just. I'm trying to make sense of it. <laughs> <laughs> so how long? So when you saw the golden, can I? I want to play your song. Can I play your song right now? Is it weird to hear your song? Yeah. Well, I got to play yeah. this. For, we'll catch folks up afterwards. <laughs> he never worked a hard day at the factory. Never walked down one country road. His daddy gave him a million dollars. Cause that small loan Yet he's fooled so many blue collars Into thinking he could clean up their mess He wouldn't piss on them if they were dying Or wipe his nose on their Sunday best Now he's out honking sneakers to suckers There's one born every day they can't put food on their table, but for him they'll scrape up and pay. <laughs> Trading cards and mugshots for a tiny piece of his suit. He's out hawking sneakers to suckers, but he wouldn't walk a mile in their shoes. Yes. 
That's Tennessee Brando. Find him on uh, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, follow Tennessee Brando. Are, do you uh, you know? Do you have a sense that there are some people who might not otherwise listen to someone like me talking about politics and you know just screaming in the wind about Trump, but will maybe be drawn to you because of the music and because you're one of like you're a neighbor. Yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, you know it's interesting. What's funny about that song is I uh, I did a video where I was just talking about Trump selling the sneakers, you know, and I made the video and I started to upload it to my YouTube channel. And I called the video. I was I was like, okay, what am I going to call this video? And I just called the video Trump sells. I was going to call the video Trump sells sneakers to suckers. And then I said to myself, that's a great song title. <laughs> I was like, don't I was like, don't waste that on the song. I called the video something else and I immediately wrote the tune. And it's just my way of uh, of dealing with it. It's it's such a crazy world. I just try to write songs for a little comic relief. Yeah, I agree. Everyone can go to uh, TennesseeBrando.com in general to to uh, uh, find out more about his music and his podcast. It's uh, If These Hills Could Talk, the Tennessee Brando uh, podcast. I, uh, uh, you know, every every few days I feel good about the, the election. And then, like, again, yeah, news. I don't know if you saw the decision by the Alabama Supreme Court about embryos being people. And, I haven't saw that. <laughs> yeah, they, which means essentially across the country, there are about 1.5 million embryos. And if, if there's a power outage, those clinics could be on the hook for manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter. Wow. If, if, if this goes all the way to the Supreme Court, this, there's so many like, different avenues. Like just when I think that I've, I've my rage has been spent on one thing, uh, something else pops up like that. What did you think when you suffer? Hey, did you know before, like, I think it was Friday that the news dropped about these sneakers and how people were buying them up as fast as they could? I hadn't, I mean, I heard about it then and I was, just, yeah. you know, I wasn't really, I wasn't really surprised because the guy will literally sell anything. That's true. And, and people will buy it. But like you said, it's one of those things where, you know, right as I get, I'll feel good about it one minute, then I'm outraged the next, then I'll feel good for a second, and I'm right back to being outraged. It's like, it's a roller coaster, and, we're, and it's just February. <laughs> you know, we got all the way, we have all the way to November before the election, and I just feel like, you know, I'll feel good about it for a minute, then I'll say, well, there's a lot could happen between now and then, so yeah. I don't know. Well, uh, at least Bo Duke is chiming in about who can sing country and who can't. <laughs> Beyonce, folks, by the way, is the first black artist to hit number one on the country billboard charts. Is, isn't that right? Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's really cool. I mean, I like the song myself. I don't I mean, It's just, um, it's funny that, you know, John Schneider played Bo Duke. He's always chiming in now on whatever he can, yeah. and it's, it's, just, it's just more rage farming from him. It's just something to be mad about. And, you know, he's sitting there talking about how he knows about country music, and I'm like, well, do you really know about country music? Because black people started it, right? <laughs> you know, and I, I just went through and pointed out all the, the things that he didn't because he was talking about, too, how that what cracked me up is he's talking about how that he had a problem with people coming into country music. And I'm like, no, nah, you don't, because when that dude Aaron Lewis from Spain, the rock band, when he came into country music and started singing his Don't Tread on Me stuff, you know, they they went for that. So yeah. it, it's just, you know, it's a successful black woman singing country music, and now they're going to have a, a bone to pick with that. Yeah, yeah. I, there's just, again, there's so many crazy things that happen, and the, the way they divert their attention and then veil it basically, in, not just in racism, but full-out hatred. Uh, you know, yeah. whenever I see Tucker Carlson, I know that he's happy in Russia because everyone's white. And not just that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, go ahead. 
No, it's true. I was just agreeing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the fact that he's so flabbergasted by how they have uh, basically the same system that's available at Aldi for returning your shopping cart, uh, is yeah. it, it just cracks me up. And, and I don't know, if, did you catch this story about this Canadian family that moved because they, they went to Russia because they don't want their children growing up around wokeism and uh, you know, being exposed to the LGBTQ plus community, and then the bank in Russia froze their assets? Yes, <laughs> yes I, heard, I heard about that. I heard about that, but it's, it's, it's impossible not to laugh at him for that, you know? And, and now he's finding, uh, he's finding out not only him, but like now isn't all of his, he's got, they've got eight kids. Not only is he possibly going to be drafted into the army, but now is it like, as his kids get older, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's such a, it's such a crazy time to be alive because, you know, I grew up, I grew up in the eighties, you know, and I was a kid during the Reagan years and Ronald Reagan is the first president that I can remember seeing on TV. You know, that's the yeah. first person that I can remember seeing and, you know, I remember the whole, you know, Mr. President, tear down that wall. I remember all of that. And uh, now we've come all the way up here where we got Tucker Carlson going over and interviewing the Kremlin and sitting there just allowing him to talk for two hours and spew his propaganda. Yep. And there's people sitting here in America, Americans that I grew up with, and they're sitting here praising the whole thing. And it's one of the most mind-boggling things that I've ever seen that we went from that, now we're up here. You know, I used to say this isn't the Republican Party of our grandfathers, but now I don't even know if it's the Republican Party of Reagan anymore, or even George W. Bush, for that matter. It's it's went so far out of hand and so far radicalized now that I can't even begin to wrap my mind around it, honestly. I I really cannot. And, you know, for all the coverage that whether it's uh, Tucker being in Russia and, as you mentioned, uh, letting Putin uh, just – put all of his propaganda out there and and I and it was funny we have a host uh and he's syndicated all over the country Tom Hartman had a caller who was basically repeating Putin's propaganda about Ukraine and and Tom was like no you, we're we're not going to go through this again you this is that's those are all lies I'm not going to let you say it and then challenge it I'm not going to let you say it on my show it's my platform and Tucker is using his platform to millions of people to spread this propaganda that then lures you know these these on Unfortunately, malleable minds. I don't want to say weak-minded because they're malleable. They're folks that are just open to, well, my, I don't like the way things are. I don't want the people are different. I don't want my kids to be gay or think about gender. I would just rather, yeah. I want to be surrounded by people who are like me. And this Russia looks like the best choice. Jesus, I can't believe I just yeah. said that. <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's very true. And, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that because a lot of times, you know, um, I have people reach out to me and want to debate me about certain things, and I, I'm not, I'm not going to debate people about racism. You know, that's, nope. that's not up for debate. You know, I'm not going to debate them on white supremacy, and I'm not going to turn that over to my platform and let someone have the mic to talk about it and say it, you know. And, and I think a lot of people, you know, I've always said that when you when you do what we do, you have to, you have to pick your battles and you have to choose the hills you're willing to die on, and that's something I'm not going to. I'm not going to allow it to come onto my platform and, and have a voice. And that's not because I'm trying to suppress free speech at all. You yeah. know, it's just because, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to even give it credibility. I don't right. even want to entertain it for a second. And I don't, I don't think anyone should. No, 
No, and and you know, again, people misunderstand that that's, that comes up a lot. You know, you don't believe in free expression. I I believe in expressing the platform that I have. If I had a, a you know a YouTube channel like you do with over sixty thousand followers or all the followers that you have on all the platforms, that's your you know again. And ultimately, we are vulnerable to whatever Elon Musk wants to do too. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, uh, yeah Alexei Navalny's wife was blocked temporarily on on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> It's, God forbid uh, there should be any, any, you know, Tucker, yes. Alexei Navalny's wife, no. Okay, I see how it's yeah. going. And it's so crazy, you know, the way that they, they do those things. And, like, you know, Elon Musk tries to go come out like he's this, you know, big champion of free speech. Ugh. But then the people that he's allowed back onto his platform is people that were barred for racism or barred for spreading misinformation and flat-out lies. And it's like, you know, you can say that you're defending free speech, but when you, you know, when you align yourself with those kind of people, I can't help but think you're that way. Yes. <laughs> you're you're going to have a hard time convincing me that, you know, that you're not one of those people if you allow that to be said on your platform and you give it a place to, to, to grow, you know, because yeah. it's just gross. And, and nowadays, you know, people, we had a we have a congressman here in uh, Tennessee by the name of Tim Burchett, and uh, he shared a uh, fake story on his Twitter um, he he put a picture of a man out, and he said that you know uh, this man was the was the shooter at the Kansas City Chiefs parade. Turns out oh, this yeah. was just a guy. It was a guy that was being detained. Yeah. He was being detained for, for whatever reason. He he had nothing to do with anything there. It wasn't connected in any way. But you know he was a guy that he could say, "Hey, this is an illegal immigrant. Look, they caught him, and he's the shooter." Well, then when they came out and said, you know, it took four days before he finally took the post down, and all he said about it was, well, thanks for bringing it to my attention, and he just removed it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, when, when these Republican people, my, Donald Trump supporters, when they see a, uh, a warning on a, on, a, on a Twitter post or whatever, they don't look at that and say, oh, you know, we're, we were spreading misinformation. They look at that as liberal propaganda. Yep. They, think a fact, they think a fact check is just us trying to balance them. <laughs> So if they, they do. So if, so, if, so if he throws that out into the world, it doesn't matter if it gets fact checked or whatever or taken down. If it gets fact checked and taken down, that just gives them fuel to say, "Oh, see, it was it's liberals trying to silence us. He was trying to tell us the truth." And that's what's so crazy about it all. Well, that's like the key witness in the Hunter Biden investigation. Now that they're charging him with making up the entire thing, Fox had him on over 85 times. They're certainly not going to run 85 stories about how he made it all up and the entire case is built on lies. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, 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 and I saw a thing, too, and I'm, I'm definitely going to have to write a song about this because this is a song title that was just handed to me. But apparently uh, the prosecutors are saying now that one of the photos – was actually they tried to pass off as being a photograph of cocaine. Turns out it was a photograph of, of sawdust. Uh, so, I had not seen so that. Yet. Oh no! Yeah, like apparently they can't tell the difference between sawdust and cocaine. And I was like, if that ain't a country song, I don't know what is. So <laughs> you know, probably, that'll be coming in the next couple of days. <laughs> My wheels are. My wheels are already turning on that one. I'm like, yeah. that was just low. That's low-hanging fruit, you know? Everyone's going to get their bandsaws out and start sawing pine if there's cocaine in those boards. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. That is absolutely crazy. So you're working on that one. What else you, what, what else has caught your attention recently, Tennessee? Well, like, definitely the, the sneakers did. I, I kind of, you know, I kind of go through phases where I, I pause from out the songs just for a minute, and I don't, I don't really do it on purpose. It's just something I'll kind of... I may write five or six right in a row, and then I may just kind of take a break. I've always just sort of wrote whenever the inspiration hit, you know. And 
and nowadays, like I said, there's a lot of lot of stuff happening so fast. Yeah, uh, it's almost it's almost impossible to write a song about it, all of it because sometimes you're just sitting there flabbergasted, like not able to wrap your mind around what you've just heard. And so, um, you know, it just I go through phases. Like I said, I, I make inspiration hits, and it seems like if I write one, then I definitely write a couple more because <laughs> yeah. I got my, my my musical wheels turning. Well, yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like the energy and the momentum behind uh, some of these things. Some of it, I just sit there and go, this, "This this doesn't feel real." That this is that we're talking about. I don't know if you watched John Oliver. But I was, you know, he came back with uh, on Sunday with a whole half hour on the Supreme Court, essentially. And uh, I mean, there's a lot hanging in the balance with these these folks who just have no uh, allegiance to the law, just to their own interpretation of what apparently the Koch brothers and Harlan Crow tells them to do. Yeah, it, it's it's really crazy, and something crazy too is you know, is you see them out there like when they're when they're breaking down like the Fourteenth Amendment. They're sitting there saying things like, well, you know, the 14th Amendment didn't say anything about, or how is it they said it? It was like, it says to support the Constitution. The presidential oath doesn't say support. It says preserve, protect, and defend, but it doesn't say support. And I'm sitting there going, how are they splitting hairs like this, you know? Yeah. I mean, and how can you preserve, protect, and defend something you don't support? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I really, I mean, I sit and read the 14th Amendment, and it's pretty clear to me, and I don't have the greatest education in the world, but I sit there and read it and go, yeah, it sounds to me like if you've engaged in insurrection, you can't. And now they're they're saying, oh, well, he can, it says he can't hold office. It doesn't say he can't run for office. Right. (laughs) So he can win. He just can't take the oath because he's not going to uphold it anyway because he doesn't support it. Wait a minute. This is all very confusing. (laughs) I know, and I can just imagine... I would, I would love to be a fly on the wall. Like if you could just like show this to the founding fathers. Like if you could, if you could have like fast forwarded and let them see a crystal ball, right? Because <laughs> and, and I just can't imagine they would they would be for this. It seemed like they were pretty clear about a lot of things, and and yet they'll find a way to twist it to their advantage every time. Well, they'd be surprised by uh, all black people being free and women voting too, as well as black people. It'd be it'd be very complicated. That, that's true too. <laughs> that's Don't true even. Too. They, that's, yeah, it's like George Carlin one time said. He said we were we were founded by slave owners who wanted to be free. So, you know, <laughs> yes. there's, yeah, there's exactly. That, that's not prediction, though. Oh man, we've been talking to uh, Tennessee Brando. Follow him on all the social medias. You can find his uh, YouTube channel uh, with all of his music and great videos. Uh, his podcast is also available at uh, TennesseeBrando dot com. He's fighting fascism yeah. uh, and from the heart of a state where again uh, Nazis were not that you know it's not happening all over the country, but uh, I, I know yeah. that a lot of the electeds uh, were were filming that while it was happening. It's just it's heartbreaking that people think that this is uh, the path forward. They've got they've got plans. Uh, are you worried about? I was talking to somebody earlier. Are you worried about win or lose? What's going to happen in November? What was that again? Well, whether or not whether or not uh, Biden is successful, if he wins, I feel like people are going to be violent. If he loses, I feel like he's gonna, people are going to be violent. Yeah, I, I don't have a good feeling about it at all. I, I just feel like that. You know, I think Trump has just been allowed to get out there and just continue to stir the pot. And he stirred up so much, you know, rage amongst people. And I, I just, I, I don't, I don't have a good feeling about it. I feel like that, that win or lose, they're going to have a problem with it some way. You know, it's, right. I, it's, 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 it's really scary. And, I'm, and it's not, you know, a lot of people say we're trying to, you know, just spread hyperbole, but I don't think that's it at all. I think, I think, um, you know, they, they definitely, I mean, I'm, I have people every day say to me stuff. They'll, they'll tell me about how, wait till November, we're going to win. We're going to show you in November. 
And I'm like, okay, so they're all fired up and ready to vote again. Now, what if they lose again? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not, I don't think so there's never going to be the point where a MAGA Republican says, oh, well, we ran a good race, but the American people have spoken. I mean, no. But there's not going to be that moment. No. I, I just wonder if we're ever going to have an election again where the results are accepted. Well, if we don't win this time, uh, I don't know what what the elections are going to look like. It it feels like game over as far as uh, democracy goes. When someone says they want to be dictator on day one, that's that's enough 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 said. Yeah, and he was he was talking to about you know how he would like to at the end of the next four years he would like to negotiate a third term. He said we'll negotiate, and I'm like you don't negotiate a third term. No. But uh, but he says stuff like that, and it's it's pretty scary. And I've I've been reading up on uh, Project 2025. I've actually I went to the trouble to print it out so I could have it in my hand and hold it and read it. it, I've just read the forward and the first little parts of it, and it's terrifying what they have in mind to do. So I think a lot of people out there that you know they'll hear people mention Project 2025. I, I recommend go out of your way to find it and read it because. They mean this stuff. They're serious about it, you know? I should probably print that out, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. know, I I, I feel like, you know, is Joe Biden perfect? I don't think so. And do I agree with him every time? No, I don't. But I feel like that if I vote for Joe Biden, I'm going to live to vote another day. Thank you. And And I can't say the same thing about Donald Trump. There it is. Agreed. It's Tennessee Brando. Find him on all the social media. If you go to my Facebook page, you've got, you. you got a link to, to his work as well. We look forward to talking to you maybe next month. Uh, you know, we'd, we'd love, we love supporting the work that you do and love catching up with you because uh, you really do a great job of shining a light on things and bringing some, some joy and smiles uh, along the way. So thank you so much, Tennessee. Well, I really appreciate your support. I'll come on anytime. Excellent. Be well. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks. Thank you, thank you. Let's take a break here. I know I've got a call on the line, and I'll take uh, take your call when we come back on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. And hi to our friends in Minneapolis-St. Paul listening on KTNF 950 AM. You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter. Hey there, it's your guy, Warren Price, from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200, that's 773-248-1200, or europeanus.com. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to talk to our friend uh, State Rep. Bain from uh, Tennessee. But before we do that, I want to take some of the calls uh, that have been on hold. Steve, you're on the line. You wanted to talk about this decision in Alabama? Yeah, well, I'm just going to explain it to you once, so listen carefully. Oh, no. Your uterus your uterus belongs to the Republican Party. I know. And your sole purpose in life is, produce, is to produce soldiers and workers. Well, here's the, here's the so scary now part. That we've got, now that we've, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Now that we've got a hold of these, now that, now that we've got a hold of these embryos, we're going to start forcibly implanting them in you women. Yeah. And then as soon as as soon as the baby is born, we'll take them over, put them in the factory. And as soon as they're mobile enough that they can start working on the line, they'll be they'll be employed. Yeah. Now, what's wrong with that, Patty? Yeah, that's pretty much the dystopian. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's funny if there were another season of Handmaid's Tale, I'm sure that they would have written in the one point five million mm-hmm. embryos that are in this country right now in uh, in yeah. vials and yeah. containers and, and freezers. Yeah. 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 
Okay. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Appreciate that dystopian future. Thanks. Appreciate it. Have a good night. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And I think this is Mary. Hey, Mary. Hello? This is Pat. Hello? You wanted to ask about Hello? the... Hi. I'm sorry. I, 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 was, I was the one answering the phone. You're like, I have a question for Patty. I'm like, I don't try to get your name. What's your name, my friend? Uh, Nancy. Nancy. I'm sorry. Hey, Nancy. You wanted to talk about John Oliver's episode this week on the Supreme Court. I just was thinking about... Uh, did you hear about uh, how Thomas responded to uh, Oliver's offer? Did he say, I'll, I'll quit when uh, I start doing my job as badly as you do? Or was it something else? Oh, who did? Uh, you mean Clarence Thomas? Yeah. No, I haven't heard his response to John Oliver. What's his response? Oh, <laughs> I was thinking probably why would I take a pay cut? <laughs> right? Did you see that that uh, the mobile home that that uh, John? It's like took a two point five million dollar right. state of the art rolling condo that he's offering him, and a million dollars a year for the rest of Clarence Thomas's life. Really? And I still think he'd probably be thinking, why would I take a pay cut? Pay cut, cut. yeah. You can't go on a luxurious... No, yeah. yeah. Did you see what he's driving around now? What did he get from... Uh, he has, oh, he has, oh. so he got a motor home that was like, there was over $200,000, a mobile home. I think it was 200000 might oh, even so be more. They forgave the loan. Yeah. They He paid part of it. And then they were like, yeah, we're, we're good. You're, we're even yeah. Steven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're dead. yeah. Not for yeah. nothing. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Well, thank you for calling, Nancy. And it's uh, Tennessee Brando yeah. is the uh, performer that we just had on now. The, he's a commentator and yeah, has some I great really songs. Good. Yeah, we'll have him he on again soon, great. I promise. Thank you. Good to hear from you, Nancy. All right. Thank you. Bye thank bye. you. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk to an, another Tennessean. We're going to talk to State Rep Bain when we come back on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal, and KTNF 950 AM in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. A few months ago, we had the pleasure of meeting Tennessee State Representative Afton Bain, who joins us right now. We are so excited. And you know what I didn't realize, uh, Representative, uh, that we are both, uh, I, I was a Girl Scout, not as long as you were. I was a Girl Scout until <laughs> I was 16, and I wasn't making enough as a counselor at Camp Juniper Knowles, so I got a job at the Browns Chicken so I could buy a car. So, you know, that, we all have our, our paths. I have to ask did you do away camp or were you more doing a lot of the the uh, unit stuff and and sort of doing day trips and things like that well i like to say that i was the biggest girl scout probably or the oldest girl scout most folks had ever seen and in fact every time i would um canvas ask folks to buy cookies at 18 they'd say aren't you a little big to be a girl scout oh dear um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no i went to camp and did the whole thing and got my gold award so I'm, i'm glad to represent the the group so here's my question. What it would you, so I can never remember on my honor I will try. There's a duty to be done and I say I. But I, I mean like it, we laugh at that song, but it was actually a pretty good service song, right? My my duty is to try. And I love that throughout your career you have been devoted to to serving people, to helping them. Uh I, so I have a son who is uh has severe disabilities and I appreciate that you went to uh-huh. school to study social work and uh and disability yeah. studies. Uh and and in your role as an advocate and what you've been doing with whether it was indivisible and getting people elected to protect health care. I think you and I talked about this last time. I do think this is the, you know, aside from the threat of democracy being destroyed by Trump, in addition to that crisis, <laughs> health care is a crisis of our generation, don't you think? 
Yep, 100%. Yeah. What, what are some of the things that you see, like, from, when you talk to folks in Tennessee about, you know, you know, it's a fairly conservative state. I don't think um, that's a, any stretch of language. How do they react to the conversations that you have when you're talking to somebody who might be really resistant to Democratic values? So um, I will say we're, we're number one in medical debt in the country, uh. and it's always it's always eye opening. I used to organize in rural communities across the state, and um, when you show up and you you know maybe not talk about a nationalized health care plan, but um, you talk about what it would look like, they're like, oh yeah, I'm for that. Um, and I actually went up and interviewed. There was a huge protest; like ten thousand people showed up when this hospital closed. Um, you know, folks wearing MAGA hats saying we need nationalized health care. Um, And so I think once you get down to it, if you remove the partisan pieces, like folks really care about keeping their hospitals open. They care about, you know, ensuring that their kids are cared for. Um, I just don't I I think that they lack the radical imagination um, that's possible to to try to um, reimagine what it what. We want it to look like. You know, we were talking to some journalists, uh, journalism students from DePaul University who went to Iowa for the caucus. And they said the things that that, uh, that voters were talking about the most, and again, uh, Iowa, a fairly red state with uh, a lot of aggressive legislation when it comes to abortion care, trans rights, a, a lot of uh, issues I think you and I both uh, consider to be very important. Um, the People said the two important things were immigration and the economy. And the economy jumps out mm-hmm. of it, both those things. Things are related to people feeling threatened of their own safety, their ability to earn mm-hmm. money and have the life that they want. And I asked them if, if those residents knew that the minimum wage of Iowa was $7.25 and it had nothing to do who, with who's in the White House. Do you find that to be the case in Tennessee as well, that the, the understanding of what local electeds like yourself and how you can have an impact directly on everyone's life every single day? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'll say, you know, I've been running, I've been leading the vanguard to eliminate Tennessee's grocery sales tax. And I've had folks all, and to do that by closing corporate loopholes Mm. in the state, 60% of corporations in the state don't pay taxes. And you know what? I've received hundreds of emails from voters all across the political spectrum saying that this is exactly what they want. Yes, I would imagine, because and again, I'm guessing the special interests in Tennessee don't want that to happen. The Republicans, they, they want to be able to keep lining their pockets, don't they? Yeah, and they've actually the governor actually recently proposed a one billion dollar tax refund to the biggest corporations in our state, and so um, folks are being interviewed outside grocery stores asking what they think about this, and clearly, like the politicians aren't in alignment with how they feel um, and what they think. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's such a again. It, it's meeting people where they are. I think you and I talked about this last time. Is these are the things that are important to people: the price of of, uh, of groceries and, and medications and the access to health care. So you, are you, you're in the middle of, of campaigning right now. Is that right? Uh, I'm in the I'm in the uh, the belly of legislative session. Oh, how's it going? <laughs> what, are we, what are we working on? Well, um, we well uh, you you may have seen, but there was a group uh, of neo Nazis that yeah. marched down Nashville, which is in my district. Um, and so on Saturday, I thought I was going to have the day off, and instead I was dealing with Nazis. So um, it's been really interesting to watch folks uh, respond, especially on the Republican side, um, to these neo Nazis. However, really not recognizing the path and probably the foundational um, issues that got us here. Right, because the Republicans, you know, not just uh, when they expelled the, the Tennessee Three, uh, I know that uh, they really don't want you guys to have any sort of voice in that chamber, in, in either chamber, do they? No, no, not at all. 
what are, what are some of the what's the path forward for Democrats in Tennessee? Well, it's an election year. Um, we have, you know, for the House caucus, we have to flip about 10 seats. So that's a, de- a decades long project. But I do think there's some excellent working class candidates that um, are in alignment with the Tennessee three in terms of their values that we can get elected this year. Um, but it's going to take more participation. And I know you talk a lot about democracy on your show, um, but we need more folks involved, especially in states like Tennessee, where the, the conditions feel very dire. And how can we help? Because I know that here's the thing, folks, we talk about this all the time. It is it is. It is a group project, everybody, and we can't be the one that didn't participate. And then somebody's got to do all the heavy lifting. You know, and if the politicians, the elected, the grassroots organizers, folks like uh, State Representative Afton Bain, uh, where is a good place for us to go to learn more about what's happening in Tennessee and how we can support, you know, whether it's phone banking or texting, uh, making donations? Yeah, I mean, um, definitely my website or my Twitter. You can follow me at Afton Bain, um, at, at any social media platform. Um, I will say, like, you know, we've got a, a, a menacing election on our hands in 2024. Um, but until we abolish the Senate, which who knows, maybe in our lifetime, uh, Patty, fingers crossed, um, we still have to be organizing in deeply red states because um, it's what it's what controls um, the judicial branch and our government. I love that. And I love that you have forward thinking programs too, like a girls club. Is this something you do like every quarter or because I I had my first girls club. So for your listeners, um, I promised that I would I I want to uplift the next generation of young people who are going to take over. Um, And so I hosted my first inaugural girls club at the legislature. We made friendship bracelets um, and we took our picture behind the speaker's podium um, after a tour of the Capitol. And I thought what was very cute, um, the kids were just shocked at the wooden elevator. They had never been in a wooden elevator before. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been in a wooden elevator. Does it have like the, the like the metal gates that kind of close or is it? I don't No, no, it was a more contemporary one. I just don't think they, and they go, what's that smell? And I go, I oh. think that's the wood. <laughs> why are we in a wooden elevator? That's awesome. <laughs> I love that you're organizing that because you you have to see someone like you to know, to believe that you can do that, too. It does make a difference. And is that is the feeling that you're getting from some of the girls that, like, I didn't even know this is a possibility? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I presented my own schoolhouse rock, and I'm sure your listeners remember, I'm just a bill. But I presented that um, to de- really demystify the process so that young people feel comfortable coming to the Tennessee legislature, walking around the hall, seeing a lot of old, you know, white guys, but thinking, hey, maybe I belong here as well. And how, how, how many Democrats do you have in, in the House with you? Oh, okay. Well, we're a 99-person body. There are 24 of us and three Democratic women out of 99 people. Oh, my God. That's a- <laughs> wow. That yeah. sounds challenging. Yeah, it, it is. And I'm the only one. I'm the only woman representing Nashville. Um, and so tomorrow I'm in committee. We have a terrible abortion bill coming up. Um, and I really feel, you know, beholden to represent young women's interests in this legislature. I'm the youngest woman by over 20 years in the House. What's this what's this legislation going to be in regards to? Um, it's called an abortion trafficking bill. So we have, we have one of the most extreme abortion bans in the entire country in Tennessee. And just when you thought they couldn't make things worse, um, the right to life comes forward and they say, you know what, we're going to carry yet another bill. So it's called the abortion trafficking bill. It's happening all across red states um, where they're penalizing young people um, who are people who want to help young people cross the border to get abortions. 
Oh, my God. Right. So this is something we've we've seen this, uh, obviously, in Texas. I think Idaho is working on this. Have you seen in yep. Missouri they want uh, they want the records? They want to know any woman that's ever had an abortion. They want to ban them from having access to Medicaid. I mean, I just it, it won't stop. No. Like just when you think is, is a full ban not enough? And it's no. The question is never no. They want to fully control. And I just I hope states like Missouri and Tennessee, um, you know, there are there is an electoral outcome that is in a response to this. that says, you know, we care about abortion access. We care about women um, and we're not going to bend to this. Do you get uh, people reaching out to your office because they they are terrified they don't have access to or, or is it kind of more because it's so scary they are kind of you know turning to people in their community online or just amongst friends and things like that is is it that underground uh, a lot of it's underground. I mean, folks are uncomfortable talking about it. They tried to ban the act of actually telling someone uh, information about abortion services in the Tennessee, which is, which is a violation of our First Amendment. Um, a lot of the abortion bills they're passing now are simply unconstitutional, but they pass them anyways. Um, but folks are really scared. I mean, we've got I've got a lot of families with trans kids, as, as yeah. you know, gender affirming care was banned in Tennessee uh, and they're having to travel out of state. And it just doesn't end. And um, I hope that I'm part of this next generation of millennials. Uh, legislators who are supporting, you know, Gen Z coming up behind us um, so that we can take back states like Tennessee. I like it. I, I, we we need to be supporting and need to be working with uh, wonderful electeds in places like Tennessee. We've talked to our friend Jess Piper out of Missouri. We talked to our friends out of Iowa. We've been talking to State Representative Afton Bain, and I encourage you to go to her website. That's Afton uh, AftonBain dot com is her office page. Correct AF. T-Y-N-B-E-H-N.com. And, and is there a campaign page? We can also, is it a different page? Nope, that's it. You nailed it. Oh, excellent. So go to AftonBain.com. And if you didn't catch the spelling, just put the letters together and Google her. Uh, young, I believe you're the youngest <laughs> state rep in, in uh, Tennessee as well, correct? Uh, the youngest woman in the house. Yeah. The youngest woman in the house. We are so proud to, to have uh, to have the opportunity to get to know you and learn about the work that you're doing. Uh, now, this is my question before we go. Um, when you're starting a campfire, do you do a, are you an A-frame, a teepee, a, uh, <laughs> or do you do a log? What's what's your favorite uh, base for your your campfire? I'm a TP frame with a with a s'more on the side. I gotta have the s'more. <laughs> I start with an A frame. I start with an A frame, and I build a, 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 a the log cabin from there. <laughs> I, I hope to uh, I hope to roast some marshmallows with you someday. I, I love Tennessee. Uh, I used to take my my family there. I used to perform at the Zanies in Nashville, and uh, we would go to Percy Priest Lake every summer. And you have Grassmere Zoo is one of the greatest zoos in the country. Uh, so, folks, uh, if anything else, go down and see the state capitol in Tennessee. Uh, Maybe wave at State Rep Bain, and uh, we look forward to catching <laughs> catching up with you again. And if there are Nazis marching, uh, we want to stand by you as well. Uh, that's just horrifying, and I'm so sorry that uh, you know, there's a, that force, that sign of that show of force and intimidation. Uh, it's just horrifying. So thank you for standing your ground. Thank you so much for all you do. Appreciate it. Have a great evening. Take care. You too. Go get them. Again, the website is AftonBain.com. That's A-F-T-Y-N-B-E-H-N. We'll be right back after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Heart Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit and lime-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to reproductive rights groups in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing heart seltzer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Provisions Uptown in Chicago and R&J Wine and Spirits in Glenview, as well as Eastside Cafe, Coffee and Wine Bar in East Dundee, where Kate is serving up smiles and drink responsibly. 
responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. So we uh, have been talking on and off about Project 2025, which is essentially a roadmap for the next conservative president. And uh, I'm, uh, Andy messaged me. He was going to print it up for me and then realized it's uh, 900 pages long. I have found the 100. 80-page PDF, which unfortunately I also then loaded on my p- computer. So that's going to be taking up some storage space while I flip through this thing. Uh, but they essentially say that part of the, in the winter of 1980, the fledging Heritage Foundation handed to President-elect Ronald Reagan the inaugural mandate for leadership. So this was a collective work by conservative, conservative thought leaders and uh, former government hands, and I'm guessing uh, we know some of the players in that. Uh, so the Project 2025 is, is more than 50 and so for folks who think, you know, I feel like we've been talking about this in the abstract and say, have you heard about 2025? And Roosevelt's called about this. And I think Dave has called about it. Uh, so you can go and find like they're putting it out there. It's a Heritage Foundation, the Alabama Policy Institute. Are, this is their advisory board. So they, this is all public information. The American Center for Law and Justice, uh, the uh, American Moment, American Main Street, a lot of American stuff, American Co- Cornerstone Institute, First Liberty. There's there's uh, dozens of of uh, different foundations and organizations that are part of this and they have their pillars um, they you know they want to st- restructure federal agencies that must be governed uh, and how disagreement of you know basically uh, Joan mentioned this in order to work for these branches you must pledge loyalty not to the president but to Donald Trump so it'll be interesting uh, as we go forward maybe we'll do uh, like a once a week uh, or maybe I should do a section every day. I don't know how much how much of this you want to take, but this is what you need to know what their plans are if they are successful in taking over the presidency this year. Uh, Jim's on hold from Juliet. Hey Jim, what's on your mind, my friend? I mean Brian. Hey Brian, you want to talk about you want you you want to talk about Jim? Is that the mm. yes? Well, I didn't really uh, just that uh, I uh, apparently disagree with him on the uh, sending of uh, uh, ninety five billion to Ukraine. Uh, Netanyahu and Israel and his cronies and uh, perhaps Taiwan all sounds uh, like utter lunacy to me, uh, if that's what he was saying, uh, sounded like it. Because uh, in this country, there hasn't been, as far as I'm aware of, uh, according to Richard R.J. Eskow, not an increase in minimum wage since the year 2009. So I would say well, those are those can be separate things. But first of all, on the Ukraine package, the aid package to Ukraine, uh, I know that Japan just uh, uh, ponied up about twelve point five billion, which is not the same. Uh, so that yeah, it's a, it's a ninety. It's not just Ukraine, uh, but it's for humanitarian aid, right? Yeah. Only humanitarian, uh, right? And, and the, so it's a ninety-five billion dollar foreign aid. So it's not just for Ukraine; it's also for. I believe you mentioned the other places that they're intending. Sixty billion would be for Ukraine. Thirty-eight point eight billion would go to U.S. factories uh, that do make uh, that do make. A, How much to U.S. factories? Yeah, thirty-eight uh, thirty-eight point eight billion that uh, make ammunitions. Uh, so that's that. Those are the, those are the two separate numbers. Um, uh, for it's military for ammunition. Yes, military equipment. The yes, Pentagon doesn't get enough money. Huh? I know. Well, to manufacturers, right? And that's another way to make some of those uh, organizations uh, more wealthy. I I support aid to Ukraine. I, I think that look. I think that Obama 
should have stood up to a dictator. I think that when it came to Crimea in uh, 2014, we had a possibility, a path to, to possibly thwart some of these efforts. Uh, but, you know, you, Russia is acting as though Ukraine is, is theirs and not an independent country into itself and, and their decision to leave. Um, so I, well, Patty, I, uh, I appreciate you since you came on the air. And uh, uh, on this one, I beg to differ. Uh, certainly, you're entitled and I'm entitled to but differ. What, well, Brian, uh, I what believe do you think? that charity begins at not, home in the USA. But I, but I don't think it's charity. So much to my point about how we can do both. Well, if we are to help ho- out both. So, Brian, if we are uh, if we are taxing the wealthiest at the rate that we should be, I think that we we resolve some of the issues when it comes to the disparity in income. Uh, so that, those are different things. Brian, I think that if we don't do something to support Ukraine, why wouldn't Poland or any any place else in Russia be safe? Because of nuclear war, and in October 1962, uh, uh, nuclear war was almost, almost occurred, which would have meant the end of the world. And I think it's insanity to tempt a nuclear war that Putin should never have invaded Ukraine in the first place. However, uh, he was provoked and should have been uh, taking his case to the United Nations. Uh, uh, risking nuclear, all-out nuclear war is insanity. And so using the provocation was the, the ability for Ukraine to possibly join NATO? Uh, Ukraine should not uh, join NATO. That would be too provocative. And uh, uh, if uh, Russia can't even take out Ukraine with about uh, how many 600 nukes or whatever they got, 6,000, uh, how on earth would they be expected to take Eastern, Central, or Western Europe? It would be uh, militarily impossible. I don't support Putin. I just wish we'd finally mind our own business and stop casting stones at other countries when this country has a history of its governments of doing damage to other so-called third world countries. That's fair. That's fair. And I do think that, uh, when it, but again, when it comes to, you also mentioned uh, wages and homelessness and the and access to necessary resources. I, I think that a lot of that can, like I said, if we are uh, taxing, we, we just saw the IRS that they're going to get, they're going to be able to reclaim half a billion dollars in what, in just one year of what the richest people in the country have been getting away with, with not paying their taxes, their fair share. And that's just in, in the tax portion of that. You know, the, the stock buybacks, which was uh, basically ushered in under Reagan, uh, does not do anything to provide for workers when they used to reinvest it in their companies and, and for employee benefits or wages or environment. They now just build their wealth off of it. That's just a couple well, of examples. Well, I agree on this point, uh, Patty, that uh, uh, trickle-down economics, as I said to you before, uh, began with uh, yeah. Uh, Reagan and uh, unfortunately, and there was a report by ProPublica. I think it was in late 2021 uh, that uh, 25 billionaires don't pay a penny in taxes, yep. and they're essentially they speak of uh, those on welfare. Uh, they uh, ought to get off the taxpayers' dimes and start paying their fair share of taxes, as you just explained. They should. Yes, exactly. Well, there we go. We can end on agreement. Thank you, Brian. Have a great evening. You too, Patty. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
we are at the end of our show. I, catching up on some of the text. Thank you to our friend Sarah, the mobile groomer, who sends me beautiful pictures of pooches. Oh, they make me so happy. I didn't even, I forgot to catch up and tell you that I did see uh, the Valentine's Day pooches as well. Ah, oh, so cute. I want to, I have dog envy. And Toby, uh, the corgi, looks adorable. Uh, this is why I love your show. Uh, such awesome guests as Brando and uh, who he lives in Ground Zero of MAGA. Yeah, he's got some stones for speaking out. I agree. And uh, P.S. Let's get the audience uh, numbers for Trump's rallies. Uh, thanks, Tennessee. Don't forget, oh, try, I've, I'm sorry I didn't get your uh, message to, to Brando, Tennessee Brando, when he was on. Yes, Gloria Johnson is running as a Dem for the U.S. Senate. So, again, pay attention to these races in other states and, and offer the any kind of support, phone banking, writing postcards, uh, donating your time. Go to their websites and see what they need. Uh, even if you're even if you're kicking in uh, two dollars, five dollars, if you you know when they know that they've got people that support them, it makes a difference. Uh, it really does. So whatever we can do to help, uh, because this is this is it's go time, everybody. From now until uh, November fifth, we have a lot of work to do, and we and that's why we want to also talk about the things that we enjoy that let us relax and take our mind off things for a little bit. Whether it's meditating, reading a good book, listening to some great music, going to a, a live theater or comedy show. This Thursday at the the Kenosha Comedy Club, uh, right there at the Wyndham Hotel. Me, Dwayne Kennedy, and Dina Nina Martinez doing a fundraiser for candidate for first congressional district district of Wisconsin. Am I late now? I used to be on time. Oh, how many more seconds do I got till fifty? Till fifty eight. Okay, so uh, that's uh, talking to Andy, making sure I, I time out here. So Thursday night, uh, the show starts at seven, but I will be live broadcasting starting at five. Uh, Andy will be back here holding down the fort for us uh, tomorrow. Of course, we have uh, another fun show for you, so uh, we hope that you can join us tomorrow. Of course, is Wednesday. We'll be talking. To, we're going to have Michael Stern on because I missed him last week. We're going to have Martin McManaman of uh, Wayne Township Democratic Party. Of course, we've got uh, Dan Schaefer every Wednesday from the Recombination Area and Jess Piper, the Dirt Road Dem. Thank you all for hanging out. Thank you, Andy, for keeping the show going. 